The raspy voice can be a signature sound for an artist, and it can also be a telltale sign of vocal damage. So should you use rasp or should you not? Let me give you three boxes to check in this episode. Let's go. Hello, this is Judy Rodman. You're listening to All Things Vocal Podcast. This is the audio version of the blog you can find at judyrodman.com. Let's start by talking about the difference between a cool rasp and a dangerous rasp. The raspy voice has been a signature sound for some singers with legendary careers. Rod Stewart, Stevie Nicks, Bonnie Tyler, Macy Gray, and Brian Adams are among the artists that come to my mind who've successfully used this sound. Plus, of course, rockers who use extreme versions of rasp and scream. In many contemporary musical genres, a degree of raspiness can add a cool, passionate, exciting factor to vocal performance. But the raspy voice can also be the telltale clue for the presence of vocal damage. It's one of the signs of vocal nodes, polyps, cancer, spasmodic dysphonia, and other serious vocal problems. Yes, there are surgical techniques to remove and repair serious damage. But I'm going to leave a link to some vocal surgery videos in the podcast notes. And if you watch those, I think you may find yourself freshly dedicated to preventative vocal cord care instead of possible vocal suicide. But you say, I want to have a raspy sound in my voice. How can I safely do it? (laughs) Well, it depends on several factors. And in this episode, I'm going to give you three things to check your vocal health vocal stamina, and vocal technique. First factor is your vocal health, the presence or absence of any vocal strain or damage. Let me give you a case study. Some concerned parents brought their child in for a vocal lesson with me. Their little girl already had a successful vocal career going and was in the middle of a professional production, but was experiencing some problems. I had her sing for me, and found her voice to be breathy and raspy. Her parents told me that a coach their daughter had been working with had assured them that some people's voices are just naturally raspy, so they never worried about it. Hmm. Well, I had her do some gentle, targeted vocal exercises that I use that almost always clear a raspy voice up, but I couldn't get her speaking or singing without those sounds. Recognizing the signs, I sent her to Vanderbilt Voice Center in Nashville, where they examined her vocal cords, diagnosed serious vocal nodules, which I fully expected them to do, and put her on extended voice rest. Her vocal career was stopped in its tracks. I'm really not sure what happened to her because I never heard from her again, which is unfortunate because it's in my experience that with time and careful remedial work, vocal damage can usually heal even without surgery and careers can be resumed. Here's the thing. If you have any vocal strain or damage, don't sing or speak with a rasp, vocal fry, or gravel sound, period. Picture rubbing two wounded emery boards together every time you sing. Wait until the damage and fatigue is completely healed before attempting to create rasp. If you have a raspy voice already, 
and you can't make a conscious choice to speak or sing without it, it's very important to investigate why it sounds that way. For instance, you could have excessive mucus on your vocal cords due to allergies or dehydration. Or you could have a degree of irritation or a growth of some kind on your vocal cords. Or you could even have throat cancer. You could be fatiguing or damaging your voice by the vocal fry you don't even know you're using when you speak. Contrary to what you may hear from anybody, it's not a good idea to ignore it just because you've had vocal raspiness for a long time and thinks it's natural for you. Any chronic case of vocal raspiness, hoarseness, or discomfort should be investigated by a doctor. It's best to go to a vocal health center where medical voice specialists can scope your cords, rule out anything serious, and illuminate you about anything you may be doing or not doing that's causing the sound. A good vocal coach can help you change techniques that are keeping your voice unhealthy. When your voice is healed, a good vocal coach can also help you develop a rasp or growl or scream, some kind of sound like that that you want to make that's not going to damage your voice ever again. The next factor you need to examine to decide whether or not you can use vocal fry safely is your vocal stamina, which is the conditioned strength of your vocal apparatus. Some voices can just get by with more punishment than others. Think of the guy or girl that you know that can eat, eat habanero peppers like candy. Some voices are strong enough or have been exercised long and correctly enough to create vocal sounds that would fatigue or damage weaker voices. Case study. I sang for about seven years as part of a group that sang jingles from 8.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. five days a week. One of the singers in our group developed a vocal hemorrhage from the hours of singing. Why did she develop that and others did not? Well, the better question is, what were the signs that she needed to rest? And yes, she did heal completely and then went on to a stellar career. So how do you know if you've got problems with your vocal stamina? Let me give you some things to check. First, if it hurts, your voice can't tolerate it. Stop. Next, if your voice feels worse the next day after you've used a raspy sound, your voice can't tolerate it. Stop. Next, if you haven't been singing for a while and need to sing a raspy song, try doing those raspy sounds far less throughout the song than usual. Save it for choice spots and then do those backwards. More on that in a minute. When it comes to vocal affectations, less is often best anyway for strongest performance impact. And next, if you have vocal rasp because you smoke, you don't need the cigarette. Train instead for the rasp you want. And don't be afraid to stop smoking. <laughs> the next factor to address to decide whether or not you can safely use raspy voice is your vocal technique which is the way the voice creates the raspy sounds. There are techniques to singing with a raspy sound that are healthy. If this is a sound you want to use, learn how to do it in a way that protects your cords from vocal strain. For metal screamers, 
I recommend the Jamie Vendera product called Extreme Scream, and I'll link to that in the podcast notes. For those of you who would just like some random rasp, I can help you accomplish it strain-free with my pulling method of deconstructing technique. I feel good. Nah, 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 nah. Ow. The bottom line is that you may wish to add a growl, rasp, or scream for coolness or signature impact when you sing. Or you may be acting as a character with a raspy voice and need to speak with that sound. But be careful. Don't use rasp or vocal fry unless you mean to. Get it out of your everyday speech habits. And if you do mean to sing or speak with a rasp for some purpose, learn vocal techniques to pull those sounds. Be vigilant with vocal warm-ups and cool-downs to mitigate any stress to your vocal cords and create those sounds in ways that will protect the health of your vocal apparatus. Yes, raspiness can be cool, passionate, and harmless, kind of like a magic trick. Or it can be a real voice killer. This is your coach, Judy Rodman. If you'd like to reach out for a lesson on vocal rasp or anything else, you can find me at judyrodman.com. If you find this podcast helpful, please help me keep it going by reviewing it at ratethispodcast.com slash ATV. See you next time for All Things Vocal, the podcast for singers, speakers, vocal coaches, and studio producers.